Hello, everyone. Hey, you know what I'm thankful for on this Thanksgiving week? Announcements. You should be thankful too. These are super important. Uh, as far as I know, the Tuesday groups that meet, the men's and women's Bible studies are meeting. Check the app for more info. Uh, the Thursday group, Celebrate Recovery, won't be meeting this week because it's Thanksgiving. So be mindful of that. Uh, coming up in December, few quick announcements. Uh, December 6th, it's the first Wednesday in December, is One More Youth. Uh, we invite our middle schoolers and high schoolers, 6th through 12th grades, uh, to come to the church. We have a special night just for them, and we're having our Christmas party then. You won't want to miss it if you're in that age group. So come on by. We'll have food, of course, and way too much candy. And, uh, you know, we always learn about the Bible and worship. So, yeah, One More Youth, December 6th, 6.30 p.m., also, later that week, December 8th, is our Christmas VBS for the year. We have a blast. We set up our bounce houses. We have Christmas music, games, uh, snacks. I mean, what what else could you want, right? Uh, that's going to be December 8th. And listen, I'm not just asking, I'm begging, pleading, telling you to sign up to volunteer. We need lots of volunteers to make that. So volunteer, okay? Why haven't you volunteered yet? Do it. Seriously. I'm telling you volunteer. Anyway, that was weird. Hopefully you're not too awkwarded by that. Is that a word? Awkwarded? I don't know. Those are the announcements that are crucial right now. With all that being said, let's get ready for church. Everybody online. So glad you're with us. We're getting ready to hop back into worship. We've had a great morning so far and looking forward to spending this time with you. Then we're going to have a Thanksgiving message today, and we'll be in Isaiah uh, chapter 25 and 2, chapter 2 as well. So get your Bible, get comfy, get ready, because here we go. Woo. Good morning, family. It is wonderful to see all your faces and hear your voices. As always, we're looking forward to spending time with you all in worship and in the Word. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do this morning. We are going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them off to all their classrooms. And then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We're going to be digging into Isaiah this weekend. Um, before we do any of that, though, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Lord, we thank you for your presence here this morning. And we're so thankful that you're willing to step down to be near to us. we're headed into this holiday season, Lord. It stirs up a lot of things for many of us. Not all of it's good stuff. So God, we beg 
that you would settle your presence of peace over us like a blanket. That it would saturate us from the tops of our heads to the bottoms of our feet. That your unexplainable peace fills us so well that we become your instruments of peace through this season. We thank you for what you're doing in us today. For what you will stir up in us this week and the weeks following. You are so, so good to us, Papa. Merciful and faithful. We love you. Help us to draw closer to you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Stir up the wills of your faithful people, Lord, so that we may produce abundantly the fruit of good works and then by you be abundantly rewarded. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup, was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal. The bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to start our time of worship now. And I always like to encourage us to sing out Lift your voice, participate as we praise the Lord here in this place this morning. He is worthy of our praise. We're going to see the words on the screen so we can sing along with those. You're welcome to sit. Stand if you're able. We should know this. How great thou art. Yes. 
lights went out Death had claimed its victory The king of love had given up his life The darkest day in history There on a cross they made for sinners For every curse his blood atoned One final breath and it was finished But not the end we could have known For the earth began to shake And the veil was torn A sacrifice was made
are King of kings and Lord of lords. You will not be shaken and you will not be surprised. Your majesty.
before the blood of Jesus. I'd be lost without the blood of Jesus. I was redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I was saved from the pits of hell by the blood of Jesus. There's power in the blood. Wonder-working power in the blood. What do you need? What do you need? There's power in the blood. The blood of Jesus. Thank you for breaking the bread of your precious, sinless body. Spilling the wine of your blood for me. Join the song, they're already singing. Oh. 
just about now before your throne. See your face, I'll cry out because you're holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Jesus, King of kings, Jesus, majesty, oh Jesus, Jesus.
something worthy. Worthy, 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 Lord. You're so worthy. Worthy, 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 Lord. Sing worthy.
Oh, we love you, Lord, and we are so, so thankful for this time of worship in your presence, God. You're good to us. And Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken, that are taught. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those who are working with our children today. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. And amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? boys and girls. So good to see you. Today's story would be really hard to believe if it wasn't in the Bible, Claire. Yes, right? And this story can be found in all four Gospels. And the Gospels are the books that tell us about Jesus's life here on earth, right? And guess what, guys? Three days after Jesus was crucified, his friend Mary went to the tomb, and you won't believe what happened. She saw that the big stone in the tomb, right, was rolled away from the entrance. And she ran, right, to tell John and Peter, the other disciples, right, and she told them, they've taken Jesus' body, right? And they ran to the tomb. And John, he peeked in and he saw linen cloths lying on the floor, right? And then Peter, he went inside the tomb and he saw the cloths too. And guess what? The cloth that was wrapped around Jesus' head, it was neatly folded, right? Yeah, it was neatly folded, right? So John believed that Jesus was alive. He believed Mary, right? And Peter and John both went home. But Mary went back to the tomb and she was crying. And when she went inside the tomb, she saw two angels there. And they said, and he, and one of them said, why are you crying? And she said, Someone has taken Jesus, and I don't know where they put him, right? And then she turned around, and Jesus was standing in front of her, but she didn't recognize who it was, right? I know. She didn't recognize him, and she thought he was the gardener, right? The gardener. And guess what? John twenty fifteen tells us what happened next. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying, right? Who is it that you're seeking? And Mary, right, said, sir, if you have taken Jesus's body, tell me where it is and I will go find it, right? I will get it. I know, right? And then Jesus said, Mary, right? And Mary looked at Jesus and she said, teacher, She recognized him, right? Isn't that amazing? And then Jesus told her, Mary, go and tell the other disciples that I am going back to the Father, right? And Mary went and did what Jesus said, and she told the disciples, I have seen Jesus. 
Isn't that amazing? They were all so happy. It was good news. God, boys and girls, this statement is very true. Are you listening? Let's have listening ears clean. Good job, right? Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins, right? But he did not stay dead. He rose from the dead and is alive, right? God raised him from the dead and made him king over everything. And when we trust Jesus, right, our sins are forgiven. And he promises that we will live forever with him. Isn't that good news? Thumbs up if you think it's good news. Good news. Excellent. Good job. All right. Are we ready to do the Bible verse together? Okay. So we're all going to say it with one voice. Okay. Repeat after me. John 20, 15. John 20, 15. Good. Woman. Jesus said to her. Why are you crying? Who is it that you're seeking? Wow, good job. Good job, kids. Excellent job. Jesus likes that. Yes, he does. The little voices. I know. Given Bible verses. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And then Pastor Georgina will pray for them, and we will send them off to Children's Church. All right. Excellent, boys and girls. So now we're going to talk to the Lord. Okay. Oh, she's got it. Hi, X. They need it. Okay. All right, guys. Ready? Let's bow our heads, and let's think about the Lord. Okay. You ready? Who's ready? Okay. One, two, three. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this day, Lord. Thank you for how well you've taken care of us, Lord God. Thank you for providing for our needs, Lord. Help us to love you more and more each day. In Jesus' name, what do we say, boys and girls? Hey, thank you, Pastor Georgina and kids. Here they go. Hmm. They're all off school this week. If they're in public school, your kids are home, right? Homeschoolers are always home, but. Bye, clear. Bye. (laughs) You've got some stragglers in the middle row, just so you guys know. There's mom. Have fun, kids. Welcome to the vineyard. So glad to have you with us this morning. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Uh, happy to be with you as well. On a, uh, it's a lovely Sunday morning here. Yes, it I don't is. know what it is elsewhere, but then I'm not the weather guy. So <laughs> It's good that you know that. But I, yeah, I, I didn't always know that. Secure but. in your identity. Yeah, there we go. So uh, that code that just popped up is for you. Uh, if you're a first-time guest in particular, if you let, point your smart device at it, it will take you to a link to our digital connect card. Also, that page it will take you to has on it the fill-in notes for the day, which are very helpful. You can follow along and then hit a button, and 
It'll be emailed to you at the end, so you have it for all time. Um, there's also a link to our translation system. At 9.30 and 11, we actually translate into 30 different languages. So uh, if you have a language that you're more comfortable with, it will show up. You can read it on your phone or you can pipe it through headsets uh, to your phone. And there's that. There's also a link to the listening assistance program that we have. So all those things are there. There's some other ones too, very important. So check that out. Uh, when we gather corporately, we always pray for our neighbors. This is to reinforce something we ask you to do every day. Please pray for the people who live around you. This is a very important, powerful ministry, and we have to get into the habit, uh, or else we get distracted and we miss what, what may be the biggest ministry all of us will, any of us will ever be involved with. So pray for the people around you. So think about a couple of your neighbors. Let's go to the Lord. Papa, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways. Draw those who don't know you in relationship with you. Help us, God, to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So we're going to talk about Thanksgiving today. Uh, if you've been with us for a while, you know we're in the we're kind of in the middle of a series called Kingdom Revealed that's based on the first two chapters of Genesis. And we're not done there yet. I have a lot more things that I want to talk about. Um, but we're going to put a pin there because Thanksgiving was coming. I want to talk about that. And then we're right on the Advent season. I want to talk about that, get us through the new year. And then when we move into the new year, we'll pick that series back up because there's a few more things at least that I want to talk about in Genesis 1 and 2. And you'll see, uh, even as we move through the Thanksgiving and Advent series, how um, Isaiah, because we're going to look at a lot of Isaiah, picks up the themes out of Genesis 1 and 2, and he's carrying them on, which is part of what I hope that you'll see. So last week we talked about mountains and water, rivers, and uh, today we're going to start off in a mountain here very soon uh, that Isaiah talks about. So... That's cool. Before we do that, though, the jokes must take place. Yes, or we get mail. They think probably you're teasing, and they don't have any idea. <laughs> Almost every morning, right? Uh-huh. I tell Alice that I'm going jogging, and then I don't go. Wow! It's a running joke. <laughs> but you do walk. I do walk. And tell ride, us ride, how ride. you I walk. I sometimes run a little bit, but yeah. But when yeah, I walk, yeah. she makes fun of me because I will often talk to myself. He talked. I mean, seriously, hand motions and listen, all. Listen, I'm a great conversationalist. I see him going down the street. I'm like, Stop. but here's what you do when you if you if you if you talk to yourself because you know no, sometimes you need wisdom. Okay. When uh, if you put your headphones in, people just think you're on the phone. She says they don't think that, but that's how I tell myself. It's all good. Be, be, You're cute. Before, <laughs> I know. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Before it was carved, right? Mount Rushmore's natural beauty was unprecedented. Wow. <laughs> I need a button that does that thing. Oh yeah, no, no, no. All right, forget it. I heard that the word "icy" uh-huh. is easy to spell. Right. And now that I look at it, I see why. I see. Thank you, Amy Jackson. She yes. sent that to Steve this week. Please, honey, will you pray for us and then leave us in the reading? I will. Word. I'm going to give it my best shot. 
Let's refocus and pray for a second, and then we'll read. Mm, Papa, you're so good to us, and truly this week of Thanksgiving, we are grateful. We're grateful for your presence that absolutely surrounds us, Papa. We're grateful that you walk in our midst, that wherever we go, there you are. I pray this week that as we gather around our Thanksgiving tables, we would all remember who it is we serve and who it is we are truly grateful for. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the book of Isaiah, as Steve has said. Chapter 25, we're going to begin at verse 6. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all people, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the sheep that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. In that day, they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You guys can sit. It is a little weird to be stared at while you're drinking coffee, just so you know. It doesn't stop me. It's just weird. Uh, okay, so um, here in Isaiah, we're on a mountain, and there's a feast, this great feast. It works well into our Thanksgiving ideas, because my hope for you would be that at some point this week, you, if not a feast, you get a good dinner with some of the things that you really like, and that you get to be around either family or friends, or at least make contact with them, or, you know, these are my hopes. Uh, and we talked last week, and the, the picture that I, I left you with as we finished that, that put a pin in that series, was that uh, Eden, the Garden of Eden, was actually on a mountain. And even though it doesn't say that specifically uh, in the Bible, it's inferred because there's a river that flows out of Eden that actually waters, breaks into four rivers and waters all the territory. The river of life flows. And the idea that this river comes suggests mountain. Uh, and that theme is picked up throughout the Bible, that the heaven and earth connection, that cosmic sort of connection we talk about, that is usually looked at as, a, as on a mountain. And we develop the rest of the image that there in the middle of the garden was the tree of life, and that it's really a, a, a picture of God himself as the author of life and listening to him, and that out of that flew this... Flewed? Flowed? Flew. I said flew, and I knew that wasn't right when I said it. This river flowed out of there. And, uh, and then we, we, we jumped a, a little bit ahead into the New Testament last week and we made those connections that what's happening with Jesus, fully God, fully man, he comes on the scene and 
the, the picture of what's happening at the cross is, is Jesus being placed on a tree, nailed to a tree, a cross, but called a tree as well in the book of Acts. That tree is lifted up and it's on a mountain and, and that you, you get this picture again of this heaven and earth connection because Jesus is like the perfect example of a heaven and earth connection. Fully God, fully man. And, and it's recreating, the apostle John is this picture for you of this cosmic garden temple where everything started and then when his side is pierced out flows blood which is very important and water also a connection to the rivers and the water of life that all these things are happening and it's pointing us to revelation 22 and that garden temple that garden once again you know the high mountain garden with rivers flowing out all those things so when isaiah talks about this mountain, he's, he's talking about this mountain of the Lord. We know that because in Isaiah 2, he makes this connection for us. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Uh, this is fascinating, and we're actually going to we're going to work this passage next week as we launch into Advent. I'm going to talk about the mountain of hope and what that looks like. But I wanted you to see it and, and know that what we're talking about today is this mountain. And maybe if you get a chance, read some of Isaiah 2 because this is the renewed Eden. It's a, it's a picture of, of the, the mountain being reestablished. And now instead of the rivers of liver water flowing out, what's happening is people like streams at the same word. People are flowing in. So this is a cool picture of what's happening. So read it, uh, and these connections are in there. Well, what I want to do today is just take the time we have, and uh, we're going to really focus in on the Isaiah 25 chapter, and, and particularly verse 9, where it says, Rejoice and be glad in his salvation. And, and so underlying this whole message is that idea of the importance of salvation and how knowing... Uh, the salvation of the Lord in Jesus Christ is a reason for us to be thankful and to have gratitude at all times. It really sort of is, is the underpinning of everything for those who know Jesus. And that there's lots of metaphors of this salvation as you read through the Bible. Uh, even in the first couple of chapters of Genesis, like the picture of of how light comes and displaces darkness. There was darkness and then the light comes and displaces the darkness. It's a salvation picture. How it started as a dry desert and then water flows and makes it alive. And how throughout the scripture this idea of salvation is bringing dead things to life. And this carries on through the Old Testament, through the New Testament. You'll see these things over and over again. So know that that the... The foundation of our rejoicing and gratitude is always the salvation that God has made available to us in Christ. And the idea of rejoice and be glad really reminded me of perhaps my favorite passage in the Bible. I know I say that about everything that I'm talking about. But probably the one that I hang out with the most, uh, and that's in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 8, 9. And if you've been with us for any length of time, I encourage people to memorize this over and over and over again. We've actually done a whole series multiple times to encourage you to memorize this passage because I think it's it's paramount to this walk that we have with him. And so you'll, you'll probably get it right away, but you'll make the rejoice connection. It says in Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always. 
And so I love, I love hanging out with this verse. I've done it for a long time and thinking about the Apostle Paul writing what he's writing. Because I think the question would come up and, and rejoice. Rejoice always? Really, Paul? Is that really what you're saying? And it's like he knew the question because he says, oh yeah, I'll say it again. Rejoice. And, and this, this is also sort of why we're so grateful for salvation. It makes this possible. Um, joy and happiness are not exactly the same. Joy is an internal sort of settledness in who God is and what he's doing and the promises that he's made. And it's not dependent on circumstances. Happiness, happiness is a wonderful thing, don't get me wrong, but it's totally based on circumstance and it's fleeting and it comes and it goes and it's different. And, and that's not what, what Paul is saying here. He's not saying to be happy always, but he's saying to be joyful always. And he repeats it. He wants us to be that. And then, he, out of that sort of place of joy comes this next thing, let your gentleness be evident to all. And again, I would, I would often say, that's the question. Paul, is that, how do you, how do we even begin? The, are really gentle? I love how he says, because the Lord is near. It's possible because the Lord is near. Is he, well, listen. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, he's with you. He's in you. Everywhere you go, you're the portable presence of the Lord. He's near. You need to know that he's near. And that because of his heart and his love for people, we need to sort of make sure that our response is appropriate in a culture that's lost the idea of what it means to be gentle. In fact, it, gentle people are often sort of considered weak. And, and I would say that gentleness is the opposite of weak. It takes great strength in the Lord to be a gentle person and to not sort of be taken in by all of the mess in our culture and the sort of critical judgmental stuff that's all around us and, and just buying into it all the time and reflecting it in ways that are less than gentle. It's, it's remembering the importance of being gentle, being kind. It's, it's kindness. It's the Lord's kindness that leads people to repentance. It's, it's kindness. It's a, it's a heart that, that, you know, is changed because of the presence of the Lord and the salvation of the Lord. And it makes us different people. And, and God wants us to live differently than the world around us because we are different. Because we have Jesus who, who leads and guides. And, and I love this. It says, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And he goes on and he says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me, I hate that he put this in, or seen in me, put into practice. It's easier until you have to actually, people have to see it in you, right? It's one thing to talk about it, it's another thing to see it. Just if you've had kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because your kids will act up, and you're like, where did you learn that? And you're like, oh, never mind. It's all good, you get a pass. (laughs) And the God of peace will be with you. So... I love that passage. I just want to break it down uh, for Thanksgiving and talk about a few things. And we'll make another connection back to this mountain feast at the end. But the, the, the way I like to think about this is, is that we need to remember in our rejoicing. So Paul says to rejoice uh, in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And, and is, it, is it possible? Well, I think that 
what we need to do is always sort of remember the goodness of God in our lives. That when situations are, because situ, everything gets turned upside down from time to time. We, you know, life has ups and downs and all sorts of things, and often they happen within minutes of each other. And, and we can get caught up in those things and lose sight of the bigger picture. So I think it's important to remember all those times when we've seen the Lord move in our lives. And all the times when we've seen him be faithful. And all the answered prayers that we've seen. All of those things help us to wait for those that not we have yet to see make a difference in our lives. And, and we're to rejoice. We're to, we're to just settle and rest in the goodness of God. And, and in that, I believe our gentleness then takes place. It, it allows us to be gentle people in a world that desperately needs that. The Lord is near. Everywhere you go, Jesus is with you because you're taking him with you. He's there with you. And, and God's response for people is for us to be kind and to be gentle and to love well. And it helps us then to rest in his faithfulness, which helps us in this second part, which I like to think of as thanking thinking. Now, a lot of you are familiar with thanking thinking's evil twin, stinking thinking. And perhaps you know stinking thinking far better than you know thanking thinking. And we want to begin to make some changes in that. And I love Paul's advice here, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I like that he gives us a list. See, the, the sort of reality is you really can't control your circumstances. They just are. But you can control your response to those circumstances, and you can control your thinking. It's fascinating, but you can make a difference. You, you, can, you can either continue on in stinking thinking, which unfortunately makes you a grumbling grouch, or you make a change, and you, and you look towards thanking thinking. And that will help you sort of have a glorified gratitude. Lots of rhyming G words. But you have to make the decision to do that. And I think we're sort of set up in this negative culture to not do that. I think that stinking thinking is the easy thing to go to. A critical, judgy thing that is very easy to arrive at. And it, it often comes, I believe, from getting ourselves in the center of his story, which we've talked about, and how everything is sort of impacting you. And we, we tend to walk into situations looking for what we can complain about. I think it's very true. I use the Winn-Dixie analogy. I haven't used them lately. But I had this thought. So uh, my wife and I will make a list. I'm generally in the one who shops at the Winn-Dixie because it's, I'm the hunter-gatherer. And uh, <laughs> it's my role take it very seriously, thankful for, thankful for Winn-Dixie because it makes hunting and gathering much easier than the other way. <laughs> Just much easier, like, right? But so say, say I have a list, for example, of 30 things on my list, and I go to Winn-Dixie, and they have 29 of those things. You know where I'm going with this? I focus on the one thing they don't have. Not like they had 29 out of 30. Go win Dixie. That's awesome. 29 out of 30. That's a high, high A. Nah. Culturally, they never have the one thing that I always need. That's the response. Can you believe Win Dixie? We like it so they don't have it. 
My watch is going off probably about Winn-Dixie. <laughs> Siri likes to try and intervene in my messages all the time. And, uh, but I do, I, I never get too critical of Siri though because she's the only one in my world who like says, good job for standing up. You know, that's, you did it. How often do you do that for just standing up? You did it. It was hard, Siri. But yes, thank you for noticing. <laughs> Got to be thankful. Thinking, thinking. But that change in thinking, again, will draw us closer to the Lord. That critical stuff, it just doesn't. It, it gets us in this place where then we sort of miss the goodness of God because we get consumed in how it's impacting us at that moment instead of looking at a bigger picture. And what we end up with is, is peace as we praise. This idea of thanksgiving is, a, is an idea of praise. It's a remembering and rejoicing is praise and giving thanks uh, to the Lord is a type of praise. And the result of that is peace. And it's God's peace. And it's one of my absolute very favorite things is the peace of God. See, the, the world doesn't have peace to give. The world is constantly trying to broker peace or make peace or buy peace. or what, and, it, and it can't because it doesn't have it. But God has peace to give. The peace of God that transcends understanding. And it's the only place you get it. That's why it's not by you know, accident that Jesus is referred to as the Prince of Peace. He's got it. And he, he wants you to have and rest in his peace. And he says, Paul, don't be anxious about anything. Now, I don't know if you've ever gotten anxious... But this would be one of those questions I would have for Paul again. Really? About anything? And, and Paul knows that you're going to say that because he says, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all others, can't even figure it out, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I have this thought that this is one of my favorite passages because the impact of this passage is like immediate. Like, you know, there's a lot of great passages in the Bible that I love, but a lot of them are hopeful and you're kind of waiting on them to see. But this one can change you from an anxious mess into a settledness in the peace of God just by doing it. Miraculous. I think it's miraculous, the power of God in that. I mean, I can't tell you over time how many times I've been anxious about something and gone, no, he doesn't, don't be anxious about it. I just have to start the verse. And the peace of God. Wow. And my thinking changes. And it changes everything. That's, a, that's the grateful heart that is developed in us. A thankful heart that happens. And that thankful, grateful heart really changes the way that we live. Well, back to that verse now in Isaiah 25, 6 through 9. Uh, see, because Isaiah knows the promises of God. He's so good at tying all these things together. And, and Isaiah, he's so cool because not only is he talking about the first coming of Jesus, he's often talking about the second coming of Jesus, and it's fascinating. And this mountain that we're looking for is, we know the Revelation 22 mountain when Jesus comes again. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples. I'm going to get back to that. A banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he'll destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations, and he will swallow up death forever. And the sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. 
he, uh, he will remove the people's disgrace from all the earth, shame, guilt. The Lord has spoken. On that day, they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. And, and like Isaiah, as followers of Jesus, we have grateful hearts. Ultimately, because we know in him we have something that the world and the enemy and time and space cannot take away from us the promises of being together forever with him that we look forward to in Revelation 21 and 22. Does this Isaiah verse remind you of those chapters that we've been looking at? 21 and 22 of Revelation? I think it's a, that's why John and Isaiah, they really get this. I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for a husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. The Lord is near, and he'll wipe every tear from their eyes, and there'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things, the shame, the death, the mess of this broken world has passed away. He goes on and says, I love it. He said, Write it down. It's true. And I love that the, this opportunity to know him is available to all peoples. Verse 6 again of Isaiah 25. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples. The best of wines and the best of meats. And, and there's this, it's this picture of a feast, of, of rejoicing that's available to everyone. And I think at Thanksgiving it's so great to look at it, you know, because hopefully for you Thanksgiving will be this sort of picture of family and friends and new friends and opportunities to gather around a table and to celebrate. But it, and it points to this other feast that we're waiting for as believers. And it's the marriage supper of the Lamb. And, and listen, this Revelation 19, it's all these tie together. I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given for her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous act of God's holy people. And the angel said to me, write this. I like that. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. See, here's, here's what I believe is open to all people. That, that you are all invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And that invitation happened as God himself came and defeated death and sin at the cross and rose again and, and made a way for us to be reconciled. And you're invited, but you have to say yes. This is one of those RSVPs that need to happen. You don't get to just show up. you got to say yes. Yes, Jesus. 
Look, I'm. We've had an amazing week, filled with highs and lows. We've had people getting married, and we've done a memorial service, and we've we've gone from extremes, and through it all, I, I say, listen, these these difficult things. I don't know how people manage without Jesus. I can't even. I don't even know. I, I don't even have a clue. And if you don't know Jesus, if you've never said yes to the invitation, please do it today. It is, I promise, it's the best decision you will ever make in your life. We say yes. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? It's the beginning of everything good. Holy Spirit comes, empowers you to live his way, and everything changes. And you get to go to this amazing feast on this amazing mountain that's just the beginning of every cool thing. So say yes to Jesus. Ministry team, those of you here want you head over the wall. People on the way there are here to pray for you. And uh, God has gone to great lengths to make that invitation to you to say yes to Jesus today. Yes, Jesus. Some people need to answer that RSVP. That was so good. That's Jesus in your heart. During worship this morning, when Angie was singing about it's more than enough, there's power in the blood, it's more than enough, I got a picture. And and I believe this is for somebody that's weary and you're in the medical profession. And the Lord said to you, he's going to give you a transfusion of his blood. And the energy you're going to get from that is beyond what you'll ever know. So if that's you, may you be blessed and encouraged today. Also, I need to share this. Dr. Lily and Jack's grief share tonight will not be happening. She's in Miami at a, at a getting her eyes checked. No big, no big deal, just routine. Good. Yes, so don't, don't show up for grief share because it won't be happening. Okay. Ministry team is over there. Let me do this. Thank you, church, for your generosity. We love partnering with you. Thank you for being faithful to giving, tithing, offering. It makes so many things possible, and we're so blessed to be here with that. And you, let's sing the doxology, and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Ministry team will be over there if you need prayer for anything. Those doors are open. Operation Christmas Child, last day is today. If you've got a box, we need it back by noon. Okay, and then they leave here and go on. So that's that. I don't want to hold you hostage. Goodbye. Thanks for coming. We'll see you soon. Thanks for watching online. And uh, God bless you guys. We're so... I think uh, how cool it is that many people join with us online, and we appreciate it. And have a great Thanksgiving, and enjoy your day and your week. Tell us your favorite Thanksgiving food. My wife makes mashed potatoes with these shallots in them, only on Thanksgiving. (laughs) 
Because it's a lot of work. Uh, it's a lot of work, but <laughs> man, are they good. So yeah. that's my favorite. And mine is pumpkin pie and oh. cranberry so- jelly, not sauce. That's two things. Yeah, I know. But you don't want cranberry jelly on your pumpkin pie. I probably could do Ew. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, bye. Bye.